This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture spell to rushing. For the next hour or so, we're just going to be talking about gardening. It's real easy. I get emails from folks all over uh, our listening audience. Also, uh, a lot of people listen to my podcast. We welcome everybody. But this is a live program. Uh, if you have questions during the week and want to shoot me an email, it's real easy. Garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, but if you want to call today, this Friday from 9 till 10, it's live. And it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I don't have any guests lined up today. We've got a few announcements of some things that are coming up uh, gardeners may be interested in. Uh, a couple of emails uh, that I think uh, would be interesting, folks. But it's, it's, it's a live call-in program, and I'm real easy. I don't, I don't sell anything. I take some stands on some issues that some people may – uh, take umbrage with, but I'm just trying to be an honest gardener. You know, I got horticulture training, but I've got a lot of experience at killing stuff and messing up and plants dying and bugs and be, being bitten by things. You know, if, we, if you've got a problem, chances are I've had it too because I'm out there and uh, and I don't try to do the best I can. I try to enjoy what I do the most, and I'd be glad to help you. If you have a challenge, I'd be glad to try to help you with it. Might be uh, that instead of selling you something, I'll just try to help you find ways around it or how to live with it. That's the Gestalt approach. So, anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free, 1 877 MPB Ring. We got the lines open right now. I've got another segment coming up in a few minutes of Dear Felder, Dear Felder. Really appreciate uh, the lyrics that y'all have been sending in. Stay tuned for that a little while when you hear it. If you're getting inspired to send us some lyrics, you can sure do that. I uh, appreciate Gus Mohammed. Uh, putting this stuff to music every week and singing it for us and just having a little bit of fun, uh, just thinking about gardening. Again, if you want to give me a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, by the way, anybody, um, if you uh, tuned in to last night's uh, program called Watch Us Shine on MPB TV, I'd like to find out uh, if, if you watched it, if you enjoyed it uh, or not. And uh, if you had a, didn't have a chance to tune in last night, it's going to be rebroadcast. Sunday from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock on MPB TV. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It features all sorts of stuff, including watercolor artist Wyatt Waters uh, doing a, a watercolor of the garden that I have planted in the back of my John Deere green pickup truck. Been growing stuff in the back there for, oh, I guess close to 30 years. And uh, it, I think it looks okay, but the way Wyatt interprets things is just incredible. Anyway, tune in Sunday night from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, and uh, you can have a chance to not only see this little segment and also the, uh, the thing MPB did on uh, when my truck was stolen and recovered and repainted and replanted and all like that, but also you have a chance for the drawing to win Wyatt's watercolor. And he's pricey. His stuff is good. It's well-respected. But you have a chance to be, uh, have your name put in for a drawing for that. Again, Sunday, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Before we go any further, we've got some other announcements, but uh, let's go down to Brookhaven and see what's on the mind of Helen. Hey, Helen, good morning. Howdy. Hey, Felder. Hello. Well, I'm calling about my father who planted a trumpet, one of those yellow trumpet flowers, big plant. Uh, You know what I'm talking about, upside down. (laughs) What, a trumpet vine, uh, trumpet creeper? 
I think that's what it is. It stands yeah, about seven feet tall. Yeah. Well, um, it's declining every year. It looks really bad. It's got some uh, growth in it, like maybe a volunteer oak tree and such. And I don't know what to either to just get rid of the plant or can I revive it? Well, uh, uh, just a couple of things off the top of my head. One is, you know, sometimes this winter, or even now if you want to, just cut the tree out. You know, cut it off of the ground, and you can just leave it in place. You can cut it out in sections. But if it's possible, get rid of the tree without hurting the vine. Now, just do that. If nothing else, just saw it off close to the ground so it doesn't keep growing this year. Uh, but also, if it's a perennial vine, there's a good chance you could just cut it back, you know, close to the ground or as high as you want, and it'll sprout back out. But the easiest thing to do would be to take a picture of it, good close-up of the flower, and send it to me. We can find out for sure what it is and see what the problem might be. All sorts of possibilities from weather to who knows what. But unless we know for sure what the vine is, uh, all I can suggest is get rid of the tree and maybe prune the vine back and see what happens. Okay. And fertilize? Any particular fertilizing for this? Well, I don't, you know, if the something grows over the summertime, we're we're getting towards the end of summer. Believe it or not, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's September, uh, you know, next week. So uh, what I would do would be to, if you're going to fertilize it, just give it some kind of liquid fertilizer, a little shot in the arm to get it through the rest of the summer. But most of the fertilizing we do on things that grow over the summer is to fertilize them sometime in the late winter or the spring when they can really use it. Uh, and if it's suffering. If you push it too much, the fertilizer, it might actually push it over the edge. So uh, I'd get rid of the oak tree. If you can, send me a picture. Let's see what the vine is. Take it from there. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Okay, hey, I appreciate your call this morning. Thanks, Helen. All right. Okay, let's, let's slide back up Highway 51 uh, to Jackson. Good morning, Jim. How are you, sir? Doing good, Bill. Good. What's Wanted up? I to ask you about my blueberry bushes. I need to get them trimmed back. And I know you've spoken on this several times, but I, I kind of wanted to hear it again, make sure I do it right. <laughs> They're very tall. I want to trim them back very short. And I just want to hear, you know, your input on it. I'll hang up. Yeah, well, well, one thing I would not do, I would not prune them hard this year. You know, you may want to cut some of the really tallest stuff out, but it's, it's it takes a little while when you cut a, a blueberry bush back or an azalea, anything that blooms in the spring. If you cut it back hard this time of year, there's time for the new growth to come out, but may not have time to set flower buds before fall. And there goes next year's berries. So what I would do this year, Jim, would just be to cut the, the tallest stuff out and leave part of it unpruned. And then as soon as you get to pick it next year, then cut it back hard. And it will just, I mean, that'll be great. But I, I wouldn't prune it really hard this, this time of year, not till after it blooms, uh, not till after you pick it next summer. Yes, there go your fruit. Hello, Jim. Actually, uh, he he took his answer off the air, I guess, because he hung <laughs> he hung up as soon as he said his question. Hey, Java, how you doing, man? Oh man, I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing fine. The kids back to school yet? They starting real soon, or they already started? No, nah, they already started. Everybody's going to uh, where they're supposed to be in the morning time. So all is right with the world. <laughs> I tell you what, it's going to be even more right for me uh, this time next week. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be, and that's back in the studio live. I just uh, went up to Scotland, went to a botanic garden in Edinburgh, went to a 
to a few really big gardens and uh, you know fancy places and took a bunch of pictures and a couple of festivals. But I'm looking forward to seeing you face to face this time next week, my friend. Oh yeah, but I did see you yesterday uh, or last night oh, on yeah. the uh, Watch Us Shine. So yeah, um, got, in. got to see your mug. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just trying to have a little fun. But you know, I called in on Skype and uh, you know I, I can't wait to see the the, the uh, how Wyatt did on on. I haven't seen the clip where he actually painted the truck, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. But people can tune in and and uh, see it for themselves. It's coming Sunday, six o'clock, right? Yeah, Sunday at six o'clock. Um, they're going to be re-airing um, the program, and for those who did not get a chance to watch, um, it's a great it's a great chance to get, a, I guess, a, another closer look at the um, people who work here at MPB. It's another another side, something about live TV. <laughs> Yeah, and also they have a chance not only to support MPB, but to put their name in for a drawing for the watercolor that Wyatt Waters did of my truck garden, which I think he did a fantastic job. Yeah, it's and, a uh, bunch of a bunch of different prizes too. Oh yeah, heck yes! It's it's it's, it's, it's the first time in years we've done this. But and by the way, if anybody wants to see a picture uh, of the painting that Wyatt did of my truck, they can go to my my website. I don't know if it's on MPB or not, but my website's uh, fellerushing dot blog, not my website, my blog site. Blog. It's got a picture of that of the thing in some more details. But I tell you what, let's let's uh, go back to the phone calls and slide up to Oxford. Hey, Kevin. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Felder. How you doing? So far, so good. What's going on? Hey, uh, just real quick, I wanted to, to thank you. I sent you some emails before about my inability to grow grass in the shade, and I've almost given up. And I think I'm having a a moss yard is the way it's going to end up. <laughs> that works. The grass doesn't work, but moss does. That's right. Hey, my, my quick question for you this morning. I have a really pretty purple clematis. It grows on a uh, trellis on the front of our house, and in the springtime yeah. it's beautiful, really large purple flowers. My question yeah. for you is, in the fall, it turns into almost like straw. It turns into, uh, it, you barely touch it, it turns brown, and it almost breaks. Do I cut that back in the fall, or do I leave that dead woody stalk just climb up the trellis in the fall? Well, you, you could either way. If you think of a clematis, clematis is uh, sort of like a really skinny climbing rose. You know, everything, everything that takes to grow a climbing rose applies to clematis or clematis. Uh, so if it's alive, you know, if you scratch the bark and that part of the stem is still alive, you can leave some of that, and it'll sprout out in the spring and bloom on that, or you can cut it close to the ground and let it start back over again. But, I was, you know, rather than cut it to the ground, I'd see if it was dead first. Just scratch the bark, and if it's bright green under the bark, that part's still alive. And you can just sort of neaten it up a little bit and leave part of it tall so it'll bloom up taller. But treat it like you would a climbing road. Okay, yeah, that, we've done both. We've trimmed it back, and it seems to still grow fine in the spring. And we've also let it uh, let it stay that dormant look on the wall. And uh, it, it seems like it may be growing a little bit taller if we leave it dormant. Uh, it's probably 12, 15 feet climbing up the wall if we leave it if we leave it alone. It's, well, it's not bad, Kevin, every now and then to rejuvenate it. And if it has several stems, you can cut some way back and leave some or cut some middle ways. But, you know, in other words, just sort of thin out some of the taller stuff and leave some of it unpruned. But it's okay to cut uh, different parts of the vine at different heights because they'll put out new growth right where you cut it in the spring. So you can sort of layer okay. it like that. All right. Sounds good. I uh, appreciate it. Okay. Appreciate your call, man. 
And folks, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's take a real quick break, but first, listen to what Gus Mohammed, who's an, uh, a musician from Belzona, been featured on Mississippi Rose. See what how he's taken some of your lyrics and put them to music. Stick with us. We'll be back with more MPB Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Get Talk Gardner, me and Java Chapman, right after this. Dear Felder, dear Felder, I got blossom in rot. I keep moving my tomatoes to find the right spot. I keep hoping and praying that if I give it time, that the radio says I should just add some lime. Sign cornfused. Cornfused, cornfused, it's calcium they lack. But a good constant moisture will stop this attack. And when tending these maters, stay away from the root. And pretty soon you'll give the in-rot the boot. Sign, dear Felder. Dear Felder, dear Felder, my trees all have gall. My pears are falling off and my grafting's all wrong. Friends, they all tell me my apples are small. Would you write me an email or please take my call? Sign, fruit failure. Fruit failure, fruit failure, the gall's a slow fix. Keep pruning out the rough spots and picking up the sticks. As far as the fruit being a little too small. As long as it's tasty, don't matter at all. Sign, dear Felder. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Port Coast is still a rush. If you've got some lyrics you'd like to submit for Dear Felder, Dear Felder, shoot them to me. Guard at an mpbonline.org. Keep it clean. Before we go to some announcements about things going on this week, uh, let's see what is going on with, with Nani. Nani, you're on the road, right? Where are you? Well, I told uh, the young lady who answered the phone I was on I-20, but I'm not. I'm headed to <laughs> Oxford. Um, that means I'm on 55, right? Uh, I really am blonde. Uh, anyway, my <laughs> well, question today <laughs> Is what is Dan's dirt? What is what is what what dirt? Uh, <laughs> a master gardener recommended to me. I, I, I want to uh, put out a fall garden, and he recommended a product called Dan D A N Dan's Dirt. D I R T Dirt Dan Dirt. Yes, sir. Uh, I've ne- never heard of that in my life. Never heard of it in my See? life. But I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna do two things. First of all, if it, 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 I'm not a know-it-all, but I did write some of those books. And if I haven't heard about it, it's either brand new or it, it seemed like I'd have heard about by, by now. Let's do two things. First of all, keep your hands on the wheel. If you can shoot me, I'm gonna do a little research on it. Uh, online, yes, I'll sir. try to answer. I'll see what I can find. Uh, you know, while we're here live, because I got my computer in front of me. Uh, but anyway, if, if if I can't answer your question on the air today, shoot me an email and let's take it from there. Because if it's any good, I want to know about it. Okay. Okay. So if you would, uh, hands on the wheel, Nani, and uh, send me an email, garden at mpbonline 
org, and we'll see if we can find out what Dan Dirt is. Never heard of it in my life. Thank you, though. Appreciate it, and have fun in Oxford. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, though. Bye now. Okay, while I'm researching that, let's go down to Natchez and, and uh, talk with Lee. Hey, Lee, how are you? I'm well. How are you this morning? Good, good, good. What's up? Listen, I have a fig tree that produces fairly well. And and actually, it produces later than most fig trees. Right right now, it's still producing. But what I want to do is prune it back some, so because the limbs are just growing crazy all all different ways. So if you can let me know a good time of the year to do that, whether it be productive next year, I'd appreciate it. Okay, and what kind of was it again? It's a fig tree. A fig. Okay, I, I got you. And by the way, I just planted a new fig this spring. And so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do in my own garden. First of all, if you'll, if you'll follow the, the tip of the branch, whatever grew this year, if you'll follow the tip of this year's growth back to where it started back in the spring, you need to leave some of that when you prune it because if you cut it back really far, it'll sprout back out but it won't have figs. You need to leave some of the, of the previous year's growth. So sometime over the wintertime, cut out the tall stuff, and whatever's left, if you'll if you'll follow the end of the branch back to where it started, leave at least half of that. Then it'll bush out and have figs on it. So that's the two things. Cut out the tall stuff, whatever's left, cut it back about halfway, whatever grew the year before. And that's pretty much, if you'll get in the habit of doing that, uh, uh, you know, Lee, I've been to commercial fig places where they grow figs commercially, and they're like big bushes because they, every year they just cut the tall stuff back. Whatever's left, they cut it back a little ways, and, and it gets really bushy, easy to pick. Okay, what what time of the year is good to do that? Well, this time, you, you can cut them back, you know, as soon as you get through picking in the in the summertime, but it's getting kind of late to, to prune stuff hard. Matter of fact, it's past the recommended day. So what I would do is I would do it sometime in late January, February, and if it's got new growth on it, don't let that soften your heart. You'd have cut that stuff off anyway. So sometime late January, February is when most people prune their figs. Sometimes they'll cut the real tall stuff out right after they pick in the summertime. But uh, okay. that, that's the best time. Thank you very much. Okay, good luck on it. Bye-bye. By the way, I just looked up Dan Dirt, and all I did is I came up with some porno stuff. So let's don't, let's don't go online looking for Dan Dirt, not if you're still listening. So shoot me an email. I'm gonna find out more about whatever. Mass. Why do Why do people recommend stuff? That, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Let's go to Florence. Hey Jeff, how are you, sir? Yes, sir. What's up? Uh, I'm Jeff Avery. I live in Cabot, Arkansas, and I love MPB broadcasting. I listen yeah. to y'all all the time when I'm traveling through Mississippi. Uh, I have a question. Uh, real simple. There's a big horse farm about a mile from my home, and they use cedar shavings and pine shavings, and they started their shaving and horse manure pile about 15 years ago. Yeah. Would that be good to add to raised beds? Well, yes and no. First of all, a raised bed, and you, you talk to a guy, I've been growing stuff in raised beds for a long time, long, 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 long time. And yes. I think it's good to, first of all, dig the dirt that's, under your bed, you know, dig down beneath the raised beds, fluff up that dirt, then add stuff to it. Don't just fill your beds up with other stuff because that's just that's not a raised bed. That's just a right. big old rectangular pot. So, so dig up your real dirt. 
if you wanted to add some of the horse manure, get some of the oldest you can find. Right. First of all, and the main reason is because the fresher stuff is more likely to have a lot of weed seeds in it because horses eat a lot of stuff and the seeds pass right through. So the older stuff is going to be less likely to have weed seeds. And then when you mix that with your dirt, cover it all up with some fresh mulch. That'll, in case there's any seeds that are in the horse manure, they don't get the sunlight they need to sprout. Your biggest problem is going to be adding too much of the stuff, and the second biggest is weeds. So just add it in real good and cover some fresh mulch. It'll do great. It'll do great. All right, so I sure appreciate it. I enjoy your show tremendously. Hey, hey, thanks for being part of it. Thank you so much, Jeff. See you, man. All right, thank you, sir. All right, and I would like to remind folks, if you have questions about some of my recommendations, need more information, or you want to take, uh, you know, to argue or anything like that, bring it on. I, I like to learn stuff, and I don't mind changing my mind about things when I learn new information. Anybody who's listened to me over the years knows that I will change my opinion on a dime when I'm presented with good new information. So shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Now, let's go uh, to Fondren, which is a village in the middle of Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, Joanna, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? What's up? Well, I wanted to tell you, first of all, my son has sent you a picture of my orange morning glory. It says orange uh, Noah's on his phone, and my husband's trying to send the one, and we'll see which one gets there first. But anyway, um, what I wanted to tell you, ask you about is I have two limelight hydrangeas, and they're just not doing anything. They're just kind of sitting there. Uh, okay, then. What was the plan? What, what was it? I, I was so busy. I was so busy listening to your question. I I didn't hear what the plan is. <laughs> okay, I was just telling about the orange Noahs were blooming, and my son had taken a picture of it. And then I wanted to ask you about limelight hydrangeas. I planted yeah, yeah, yeah. two a while back, and they are just sitting there. They don't bloom. They don't grow. I'm doing right. something wrong. Oh, okay. Did you plant it this year? No, I planted them a couple of years ago, and they just they're just. Okay. Okay. Here, here's the thing. For, Here's the thing. First of all, limelight hydrangeas will grow perfectly well in Mississippi. They grow great, but they don't grow well in, in flat dirt or heavy clay soil, which, oh, which you know. Okay. Some, so if you plant in a flat part of your yard, sometime this winter, after it drops all those leaves, what I would do is I would just carefully dig it up, rework the soil, and plant it on a little bit of a slightly raised mound, sort of like a, like a, a baseball pitcher's mound. They don't grow as well in flat dirt. There's a beautiful limelight uh, uh, hydrangea blooming uh, not very far from Meadowbrook Road in Fondren. I take pictures of it all the time. But it's on a little bit of a mound, so it doesn't I feel they're beautiful. Too they're out in the sun and everything, and mine are just little dribbles. <laughs> Well, it's, it's because hydrangeas, and, and keep in mind, hydrangeas grow up in Canada, you know, so it's not the cold. But what they don't like is having really, really wet roots in the springtime and hot weather in the summertime when they need those roots. So we need to help them have as good a root system as possible. That means raise them up a little bit so they're partly sunk and partly raised. That, that'll give them the roots they need to grow. That's the big, the big thing with hydrangeas, exactly staying too wet in the winter. And that's exactly what I'll do then. I'll dig it up, rework it, and maybe move them or rework the soil really good where they are. Let me yeah, ask let's, you one let's other wait, question. Let's, let's, let's wait till winter time, though. Okay. If you, if you clip off the end of blackberries right now, will you be clipping off the spring blooms and berries? Uh, you know, it's, 
it's it's late for it. You know, it'd be better to do it earlier. So, you know, I don't know how much time they've got before they their flower buds. So I think if you cut them back a little bit, it wouldn't hurt too much. But what I would do is I would clip some and leave some. Okay, I'll do that, Tim. Thank you so much. I'll be glad to see okay. you when you get back in town. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be down at Cups before you know it. See ya. All right, I'm going to put out a sign from Orange Noah so you can see it. <laughs> okay, do that. That'll be fun. All right, thank you again. Bye-bye. You bet. We got a really cheesy tune coming up in just a second, but first let's talk to uh, to Jenny. She's on the road. Hey, Jenny. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Um, yes, I have a, a wisteria plant that's the base of it is about two foot in diameter, and I got tired of cutting it back. It grew on a trellis, even though it's pretty. But my question is about and I put a bunch of Roundup on the base of it to kill it. And then yeah. I have a raised garden about four feet from that, and I keep getting those wisteria uh, branches growing in the garden. Is there any way to keep that from happening? To get, what do I do about all that growing in my raised vegetable garden? And I'll hang well, up the, and listen to you. Okay, okay. I appreciate it, Jenny. Uh, what I'm about to say is not going to be that fun. But wisteria grows from roots as well, you know, from, from uh, you know, the, you have to – if you want to keep a wisteria and not have it sprout everywhere, you need to make a cut between where you want it and where you don't want it. And anything that comes up on the other side of the cut, the best thing to do is when the ground is, is wet, sometime in the wintertime, just pull it up. They're not really, really deep. The, the, the roots that they send sprouts off of will be fairly shallow, and they're fairly easy to pull up when it's moist. But um, there's no way to keep them coming back without digging a ditch between the plant that you want to keep and all of its roots. That's you know, there's there's no and, and spraying with Roundup will kill the whole thing. You know, I don't mind using Roundup for what it's good for, but I wouldn't spray anything you want to keep any part of it with Roundup. So the best thing I can say is make a cut between your steer vine and your raised beds, and then just pull up uh, the, the the ones that come up. And if you pull them often enough, you'll peter them out pretty quickly. It's not easy advice. If it was an easy way to do it, I'd do it myself. Anyway, I uh, appreciate that call. We've got uh, a couple of other callers on the line. I do have some events coming up. But first, um, I wanted to, you know, this last week I rescued an old antique garden gnome, an old painted concrete miniature gnome from a, from a, a trash place, and I put it in my garden with a new gnome, a new gnome only being about 40 years old, and because they seem to get along so much better together, I thought I'd play this tune today. I'm Horticulture Stellar Rush. We'll be back more than the Gestalt Garden right after this. You've got troubles, 
Well, I've got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together and we see it through. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am. Bigger and stronger too. Maybe. But none of them will ever love you the way I do. It's me and you. And as the years go by, boys, our friendship will never die. You're gonna see it's our destiny. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend. Welcome back to Horticulture Spell of Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Before we go to the next phone call, an alert listener has told me what Dan's Dirt is. Dan's Dirt is a proprietary mix. It's a, a mix that's made by a by Pinnock, um I forget what Pinnock, uh, Pinnock so I, I don't I don't know the other name of it. Pinnock uh, takes hardwood mulch and turns it into a soil mix you can add to other stuff. Um, it's like I don't know because I haven't felt it or just smelled it myself whether it's uh, a whole lot better than other mixes, but Dan's Dirt is a locally made product by Pinnock uh, that is sold at co-ops and things like that. Shoot me an email if you want some more information because I've got it. I just want to get in a whole lot more detail. But it's a soil mix made from from uh, from hardwood bark and, and other products, and I appreciate the, the, the gal who called that in. Now, slide over to uh, Bellhaven in Jackson and talk with Jerry. Jerry, thank you for holding, man. It's been a long time. That's okay. Good morning, Felder. I have two, two questions, please. Um, the first one is on Italian cypresses. We have four of the trees, and one of them, the, the foliage just turned kind of brown and gray. And a local tree man uh, took a picture of it and sent it to the Mississippi State Extension people. They diagnosed a fungus. And he sprayed the tree, and he injected a, a systemic fungicide. But the tree is still – it's getting worse. It looks like it's dying. And I'm just wondering if there's anything else we can do to it. Yeah, a couple of things. And keep in mind, you know, I'm not trying to, to badmouth professional tree people, but I actually taught the course when I was at Mississippi State. And, uh, and, and, and I'm real familiar with uh, – Italian cypress and other members of, of that general family, the, the conifers, tend to get – leaf diseases and twig diseases just because of the humidity. I mean, they grow up north, they grow out west, they grow all sorts of places. But any place where it stays wet and humid and moist uh, and warm, you're going to have more of the diseases on these type of trees. Uh, a systemic is not going to help it. This is something that you need to treat the overall plant with. And uh, what, what I've always learned to do is just simply cut out the bad stuff 
and see if you can live with the rest because sprays uh-huh. are preventative, not cures. But anyway, the it, Italian cypress, which is a uh, uh, cupressus, I forget the other name, uh, green spire is a real common one. It, they're subject to foliage and twig diseases because they're a warmth and humidity and moisture. And mm-hmm. injecting them is not going to help that much. This is the something com- I learned about them. I mean, when I started to plant in college 40 years ago, I was taught this, and I've seen it over and over and over. It's just part of growing those type of trees in the right. deep south. It, the top is what's dying back. You think we could, we should just cut it off at the top and see the rest of it will come yeah. back? Yeah. Okay. It, it, if, if, you, if, you, if you cut out the dead stuff, you know, the, the okay. conifer-type plants, you can't prune them and they bush back out like you can other trees. So all you can do, really the only practical thing between the, the diseases the, and root diseases from our heavy clay soil, that's the only thing you do is cut out the brown stuff and hope you can live with the rest. That's just okay. that's the nature of that kind of beast. And, and okay. it happens to most of the conifer-type shrubs that we grow in the south. Okay, thank you. And then just one other quick question. Our pecan yeah. tree has a lot of caterpillar tents in it. I'm just wondering, yeah. do they harm the tree? Not really. Uh, you know, every time you see one of those tents, you know, the web or the tent caterpillars, one moth laid a cluster of eggs right there. So every one of those references a moth that laid a bunch of eggs. And uh, when they hatch out, the caterpillars will eat a whole lot of, of, of leaves in the vicinity. But that's all the damage they'll do. And most of the time, people say pruning it out or burning it out. That does more damage to the caterpillars. So for the most part, unless you can penetrate the webs with an insecticide spray using a little dish detergent. Unless you can do that, best thing to do is just ignore them because it's not overall going to affect the tree. And there's nothing, by the time you notice them, they've done most of their damage anyway. Okay. Thank you, Felder. I appreciate it. Uh, if you'll send me an email, I can get a little bit more detail about the about the, about the Italian cypress thing. It's, but again, it's real common. Pruning, that's about all I can really recommend. That would be great. I appreciate it. Okay. Good luck on it. Thank you. Okay, now let's go down to uh, to Purvis. Hey, Larry, good morning. How are you this morning? Hello, Felder. How are you? I'm doing okay. So far, so good. So that's good. Um, I was I wanted to comment on the woman with the uh, wisteria plant. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of the possibility. You can uh, show your opinion, but like using a uh, maybe a six inch some of those uh, borders that go around the plant, it could be like six inches wide. And if it's put in the ground, sometimes it'll stop some of the shallow roots. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's about all you can do. It's basically it mechanical control. The invasiveness. Yeah. And, you know, and it's really funny because some people have wisteria and it never spreads at all. But once you get one that starts spreading, it seems like it comes up everywhere. That's a really good tip, though. All right. Well, I just thought I would... Uh, I would say that, and with the tent caterpillars, if some of them, some of them, if they aren't too high, then you can take like a rake and pull, uh, pull the branch down and just break or cut off the tent. And yeah, uh, I actually, yeah, I would just, I would just pull them out. You know, if you cut it, I mean, cutting it does more damage than they would have. But you know, but if yeah, you can rake them out, that'd really be fine. Tree, I guess, I guess that's that's a, an angle. Um, yep. But I just they they have eaten some of them. Uh, when I first started this this place where I work, and uh, there was I didn't realize that uh, about those and they there could have been several of them, five or six in one tree, and they ate 
quite a bit of leaves. I mean, they, they just make, of course, once again, you say the tree survives, which is, mm-hmm. could be, um, which that's a fact. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, if they were easy, some of them are at the top of the tree. But yeah. some of them can be reached. They're not take a, a rake and pull them down or yeah. something. And, uh, yeah, like I said, that's, that's the only thing I recommend. But for the most part, by the time you really notice them, they've done most of their damage. I mean, that's just sort of a uh, a bottom line thing. So spraying, burn, whatever. You know, it, yeah. they're not going to kill the tree is what I'm saying. But anyway, good yeah. tip on the wisteria, too. They get on that, too? Yep. Oh, well, I, I just knew that, uh, I mean, I got this sense that it's better with less of them than more. And I if and some of them I could reach, so I just would yeah. get rid of the ones that I that I could get fairly easily. Best best you can do. Otherwise, it's just you know it's it's not they're not an earth shattering pest. They they're more unsightly to people than they are problems to the tree. Anyway, appreciate it, man. Thanks for your call. Okay. All right. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Larry. Now we've got a caller named Steve on the road. Steve, how are you, sir? What's up? I don't know if we got Steve or not. Hello. Felder, let's go ahead and take our break. We'll get to back to Steve on uh, on the road. We'll take our last break for the hour. Um, so that's what we're going to do, and then we'll come back to Steve on the road, okay? Okay, doke. Great. Thanks. I'm Horticulture Felder. Is that with Java Chapman? Java has to work extra hard with the Gestalt Garden because I'm such a goofball, and I push the wrong buttons, and I don't. Sometimes my mind wanders, and somebody's asking a question. I forget, forget what the plan is. But if you have any kind of questions, you want to call uh, us on the program, if you want to email garden at mpbonline.org, try to get to my email as much as I can. A couple of events going on this weekend, one on wildflowers, uh, some sort of native plant walk at Crosby Arboretum on Saturday, and a plant your own prairie wildflower garden at Tishomingo State Park. If you want information, go to Mississippi Museum of Natural Science online and take it from there. We're going to be back with Nora Gestalt Gardner here on MPB right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And the um, Mississippi Museum of Natural Science is sponsoring two events uh, tomorrow, Saturday. If you want some information, just go to Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. They'll have both the program at Tishomingo State Park and at Crossroad Readham on their website. Now let's see if Steve is available. Steve, are you still there? Yes, good morning. Howdy, what's up? Uh, quick question regarding mulch. I had took down several trees. And rather than try to load everything up and haul it off, I rented a chipper and I chipped and I've got about four or five really nice big piles of mulch. Is there anything I need to do with that before I use it around uh, the, my trees, plants, places that I can't grow grass, etc.? No, if you're putting it on top of the ground, you can go with it just like it is, uh, just like it. I wouldn't pile it up on tree trunks or on thing. Make it more like a ring, you know, so that the the, the trunk itself is not covered up. Like, do it like a 
like a, a, a donut rather than a fire ant mound. But, no, you right, can use right. it fresh right on top of the ground. I just wouldn't okay. add it. I wouldn't stir it into dirt yet. Yeah, okay. I don't. There's nothing that I have to treat it with. So this was a variety of different kinds of trees. I had redbud trees. I had cedar trees. I had everything under the sun. It's no, it's no problem at all. But I will, I will uh, give you a heads up, Steve. If not next year, the year after, sometime you're going to start seeing a little small mushrooms and stuff pop up in it as it breaks down. It's not a problem to your plants at all. But it's okay to use a mixture of, of mulch right off the, you know, as soon as you grind it up. And uh, don't worry about any mushrooms that pop up in a year or two. They're not a problem oh, to your plant. Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. I talked to you a couple of years ago about growing morel mushrooms. I'm going to try to seed some of this with morel mushrooms at some point in time. Well, I don't know that morels will grow as well in the mulch as they will on some other things. Anyway, if you know what they look like, you can go for it. Main thing yep. is it's okay to use the stuff just like it is. No problem. Okay, that's great. Thank it. I really like your show. I appreciate it. Thanks for being part of it, Steve. <laughs> Have okay. a good day. All righty. Thank you. Now let's go to Raymond. Hey, John. What's up? Hey, Father. How the heck are you? So far, so good. What can I help you with? Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate the installed aspect of what you do. It's all about everything. Talking about the <laughs> bag worms. Um, when I see bag worms and trees in those bags, I think of catfish. And uh, going with that gestalt thing, you know, you can let them stay up there and turn into moths, or you can knock a few of them out of the tree and put them on a hook and catch you some fish. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, those are your choices. Basics, those are your choices. Anything else just going to irritate you. I was just going to pass that along to your listeners in case any of them were fishermen. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. You need to get a All job, right. John. See, see Have a good weekend. <laughs> okay, you too. Okay. He said, among other things, you can just take a fish. And we've got time if you want to give us a call. got some lines open at toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Um, I got an email from uh, a listener who said that one of the earlier questions, the lady, I thought she was talking about uh, trumpet vines. She might have been talking about the trumpet flower, which is like a tropical tree. It dies down the ground, comes back up with a big trumpet-shaped flowers and hang down. I forgot what her question is, but if you're still listening, I'm learning. I learn. You know, sometimes I need to get slapped around, but anytime you have any kind of questions, uh, give me a call or shoot me an email, garden at MPB online.org. I said there's some other things going on uh, this time of year. There are. Uh, I'm going to be doing a program down in St. Tammany's uh, Parish down in uh, Louisiana, but that's not till September. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but there's going to be a, a, a special thing at the museum, the Mississippi Museum of Art, which is downtown Jackson. Uh, there's a couple of guys from the Garden District in Memphis, uh, uh, Greg Campbell and Eric New. They're really, really well-known, highly respected, fun-loving florists. And uh, they've got a new book out that's called uh, the the art. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, it's called Florist to the Field book. This is a book about the people who grow a lot of the flowers that they that they use, and they're, they're given a really fun presentation uh, that you can come to hear the presentation, or you can uh, go a little extra and, and have a, a sort of a wine and meet and greet type thing. But if you want some information about that, it's going to be on September the 11th, which is a Tuesday from 4 to 6, September the 11th. If you want some more information about this, go to msmuseumart.org, Mississippi Museum of Art, and click on the events link. Uh, and it'll have all sorts of stuff. Uh, take it from there. 
Uh, also, the Harrison County Master Gardens are going to have their, their uh, Fall Garden Expo, which I've been to several times. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be on September the 15th. It's going to be at Pops Ferry Road in Biloxi. That's at the Coastal Research and Extension Center. It's going to be open from 9 till 3. You've got seminars and all sorts of things. Anyway, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's going to be on September 15th there in Biloxi on Pops Ferry Road. Uh, got some other things, but... I want to do what we enjoy doing the best, and that's to yak with folks about their garden. We're going to go to Flowood and talk with Becky. Hey, Becky, good morning. Good morning. Did you ever get your answer on Dan's dirt? I I, I did, but what, what answer have you got? Oh, well, I, I got outside for a few minutes, so if you got your answer, it's a Mississippi product supposedly like for planting vegetables, you know, more like a garden mix, a bagged product, yeah. but I think you can buy it in bulk also, uh, I, you know, truckloads. Yeah. But it's out of Macon, Mississippi, uh, by Penny right. Organics, to make Digger's Delight, if people are familiar with that brand of potting soil. They've been making stuff for a long time. I've known yeah. the people at Pennix. I didn't know that they had one called Dan. Yeah, Dirt. I worked at Lakeland Garden a few years ago, and they had just started carrying that particular one in addition to the digging, uh, the digger's delight and their uh, planting mix. So uh, uh, that's one place, but I think the lady who was looking for it was up in Oxford. So yeah, uh, <laughs> don't don't you know? Like I say, uh, until I get a little bit more, I don't know if Pennix still sells it by the bag or just by the. Bulk, I don't know, but apparently uh, they wanted something. She wanted to add something to her dirt, and a master gardener re- uh-huh, recommended right. a Mississippi product called uh-huh. Dan's Dirt. Well, anyway. next time she's in Jackson, she can run by Lake Lanyard Garden and check. <laughs> okay. Pre- I, I mean, I bought some of that by ba- in a bag not too long ago, you know, uh-huh. like back in the spring. So uh, they were still selling it as a bagged product at that time. Yeah. Um, all righty. Well, I appreciate that a whole right. bunch, Becky. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, so Dansert is a uh, is a Mississippi-based soil amendment mix, sort of like what you buy. You know, you buy stuff to, to fill in raised beds by bulk or, or, or by the bag. But anyway, glad to have some people helping out on that. I can't keep track of all the, 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 the product names that are out there because, uh, be honest with you, I grow a lot of my own dirt. I grow my own compost and add my own dirt and so far, I haven't really had the need to. It's been a long time since I bought a whole bunch of stuff by the bag or by bulk. But anyway, living and learning, huh, folks? Uh, anytime you have some questions, you want to shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. We'd like to remind folks also that this coming Sunday, MPB is going to have their, their TV special. They're going to run it again starting at 6 in the evening, 6 till 8. And you can see a little clip about rescuing my truck, replanting the garden. And Wyatt Waters doing one of his famous watercolors of the garden in the back of my truck, and actually win a, 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 a chance, a drawing for his uh, for, for the, the painting he's got. If you'd like to see a copy of it, go to felderrushing.blog. Got a picture of Wyatt's uh, a painting, and also uh, details about how you can can tune in to hear about that. Uh, by the way, uh, Michelle McAdoo has been our call screener today. We really appreciate that. It's a team effort at MPB. Everybody again of helping everybody else, and um, we appreciate all the folks who support us, not not just during drive time, but throughout the year and by calling in and listening. Um, we're going to be, uh, oh, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting, I, uh, this past week I went up to north of Edinburgh, Scotland, and I took a picture of the pineapple sculpture. It's bigger than my house. It's a huge sculpture. Uh, it's it's uh, at a big walled garden. It was done by a fellow who was the last royal governor of Virginia. 
anybody's ever been to the palace in Colonial Williamsburg, the, the governor's palace, uh, Colonial Williamsburg, the last royal governor to live there uh, moved back to Scotland, and he built a, a, a big fancy house with a great big walled garden. It's got figs and all sorts of wildflowers, but it's got one of the biggest uh, uh, pineapple sculptures on earth on top of it. Little oddball stuff, but in looking for things like that, it gets you out along the, uh, uh, it gets along the byways. If you if you're going out looking for things, it's not what you're looking for that counts. It's looking along the way, and that's what the reason I enjoy so many gardens is. Is it's not so much the specific reason. It's not the destination or the goal. It's the trip itself, and we can do that right here in our part of the country. Feld, I so just looked going. it up, and it's called the Dunmore Pineapple. Yeah, it's a big one too, ain't it? Yeah, it looks kind of it looks kind of wild as the top of the top of the structure, but it is it's it, it's a big pineapple. <laughs> yeah, you know whatever it takes, man. And I'm thinking I put my loads on top of my truck when I get back. Nah, maybe not. I really am looking forward to getting back to see what all survived over the summer. I planted a bunch of a perennial uh, wildflowers and a little little border that I've got in front of my house. And uh, also, just see how well things have held up over a, a long summer with and without a little bit of rain. Anyway, we've been talking about all this stuff. There's some events coming up. If you've got some events I can help promote that are related to gardening, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to be back in the studio next week. I'm coming home and uh, doing a little gardening, fiddling around in the yard, catching up on things, pulling a few weeds. And I am hope to hear... The thing that I miss the most, you know, I miss cicadas. I miss my birds singing. I miss my water garden, but I miss the cicadas, too. Hey, you've been listening to Gestalt Gardener, folks. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, my producer, laid back but hardworking, Java Chapman. Appreciate Michelle McAdoo uh, being the phone greeter today. I'm going to be thinking of all of y'all uh, as I get ready to come on back and bring a few things with me, some new handles for some tools. But if you get a chance this weekend... Get a chance. Take a kid. Take a group of kids to a garden center. Take them to a, a farmer's market. Take some kids and give them that experience that, that, that opens up their eyes to the world that we live in. In other words, take some kids and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week. <laughs> 